Welcome to Mtunuatu. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, Julie, for uh, taking your time to come talk to us today. Um, maybe you can uh, tell us your names and um, what you do for a living. That's good. Thank you so much for having me. My, my name is Julie Mapatano. I am from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And my number one job is I'm a mom. <laughs> And number two job, I am a uh, a founder of an, a non-profit organization that helps the kids in the Congo. Nice. That's awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Julie. And uh, we just wanted to talk to you about a little bit about your life and uh, this, you know, like the organization you said you started in the Congo. And just to, we wanted to see if uh, our listeners can learn a little bit about you and uh, somebody out there might want to support and uh, sponsor some of the children that you support because we feel like it's a really good ministry that you're doing. Thank you. And so, um, but before we got to that, I just wanted to, like I said, wanted to ask you a little bit about your life. There's a life story. Sure. So my first question is, uh, uh, we know that you are a single mom and we, uh, sometimes I wonder, how do you do all these things? And also being a single mom, how how do you manage to do all this? So, my first question, what is the hardest thing about being a single mom? That's a really hard question, but I'll try my best to answer as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, I think being a single mom is not an easy thing, but uh, by the grace of God, uh, we manage and we keep on going. Uh-huh. And so for me, I can say without really God, uh, knowing who I am in Christ couldn't have been possible to handle, to raise six kids on my own. Yeah. But um, me knowing who I am, so I installed the same value in them to know that God is a father and he's our heavenly father who loves us unconditionally. Yeah. And anything you need, don't say you don't have a father because you will be making God jealous because he's a father and he hear you and he can talk to you. Oh, wow. That's a, and that's that good. was a little simple thing, but I remember my kids saying, Mom, I'm not asking you for this. I'm going to ask God. Yeah. And God will go, will really answer them, and they'll come excited and say, Mom, God answered me. Yeah. So I felt like I was never a single mom because God was always there. That's so great. Yeah. Do, you, do you have anything to ask you about that? Okay, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of single moms out there too, you know, and not a lot of them think that way. Yeah. You know, it's it's probably one of the hardest things as a sing- to be a single mom and be able to do it all by yourself, you know. And so what is the number one problem that most single moms uh, or single parents face? I think uh, the number one is respect because I think the kids feel like you don't um, mount for anything anymore because you are alone. But when you can teach them really who still... You may be a mom, but you are the boss in that house. Yeah. <laughs> and they need to know that. So the kids like structures. They need to know what needs to be done daily and why is, is we need to do that that, that way. Mm-hmm. So then when they have that routine and they, they know the goals and where they're going, because one thing I think I ask my kids most of the time, what do you want to be when you grow up? So yeah. in order to achieve that goal you have you need to do this number one in order to get to that one yeah 
And so when they have that goals and and in in mind, they want to do it the best of their ability. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and uh, I can see that because now you're a dad and you're a mom and the kids are not sure if you, you could play both, both roles. You could play mom really well, but being a dad at the same time, it's probably very challenging, right? It is because I think a dad is very important in any family. Yeah. But uh, we know there's so many homes without dad. Yeah. And we can just say now because there's no dad, there's going to be chaos in our house. Mm-hmm. We have to pick, uh, pick that role also and trust God that he will help us. I really believe when we ask him, he does come to our rescue. Yes. And so for me, it was like, okay, I know I'm not a dad and I know I'm a woman, but here you want to be a... A bully or going to be a mean to me because I'm not a man, <laughs> yeah. then here you are going to end up. You're going to be in jail because simple thing that you could done. Yeah, you're ignoring it. Yeah, that's my too. So you have like the in- internal press uh, pressure, and then you have. Do you have? Did you? Was that like the hardest with the kids themselves and respect and all those pieces, or was it? Um, was there also like external pressure of being a single mom, like from society, culture? Um, that type of thing? Or was it just really the internal was the biggest one? I think the internal was the biggest one because for even though you can try to show it for the kids, but inside of you, you know that you are not who you, you know, you're not What you're trying to be. Yes. <laughs> and for real, I, going back is like always God. I had to go back on God's promises where he says he's the father for the fatherless yeah. and he's the husband for the widows. And I said, I, I remember writing a list of what God promised he will do. Yeah. And I remember my kids being, making noise, like, you know, I have five girls at that time and one boy. So girls, teenager, doing noise and making, oh. all like, you took my lipstick. No, it was not your sweet. And, <laughs> and like, noise going all the way. And you just feel like, ah, I wish I have a husband who would speak to them now and like, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Enough sorry. of the lipstick. <laughs> yeah. And so then uh, I would go back in my closet. He said, you are the father. Take care of it because I don't want this noise. And sure enough, you will go back in the living room. Everyone is normal. Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> and so yeah. I found out, oh, he's really a father. Yeah. Mm. Yes. That's, that's amazing. Man. So what motivated you to study your nonprofit? Like, in the middle of all that, being a mom and being a dad, you decided to start a non-profit to on help other people. <laughs> yeah, in the other side of the world, to help other, other children that didn't have their dads and moms. So, uh, I really didn't, like, wake up and say, I'm going to start a non-profit organization. It was not really my desire. I was like, I want to raise my kids to know God and to love God and to know that they are loved but people also surrounding me here after my husband passed away, they came with loving kindness and showing. They didn't really show pity on my kids, but they took them as kids. Yeah. And so for that alone, I was like, wow. So it's a long story, but when I was in my second year in Bible school, Andrew Womack was teaching about uh, plan, a can, plan B can be better than plan A. And then he said, you think God has finished with you because now your husband is gone. Yeah. But God still has a purpose for your life. And so I got home and my husband, um, 
me and my husband we have a last share tax return and i've been asking what do i need to put this tie do i put it in my regular church do i where god you want me to sow this little seed that left with us and so when he when two days later my dad called and he had to send the kids home because they don't have no tuition to pay and my going back my dad was a uh, a principal of a small school in my village in in Congo mm-hmm. and so when he said he wanted to send the kids away i felt in my heart like now finally i can send this money so these kids also can be able to go to school mm-hmm. so but what really started is like the motive, like the love i experienced here with people stranger people i didn't know mm-hmm. who saw love in my kids life mm-hmm. and also saw it in, in me and the same love also continued to be going in Congo. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Thank you. And so just one day you just decided did you just start with one child or how did that start? So when my dad called I end up sending them uh, I think it was $400 ahead. And we, on that one year, we supported 200 kids wow. who were in that school, who not all were pro, uh, orphans, but many of them can't really afford to have the kids stay all months in school. So that 400 carried the kids from, from March up to July when they finished school. No kids were kicked out of school. $400? $400. Wow. Just tuition and other yeah. things was paid. Wow. So that itself it really made me excited and founding so God still have a purpose for my life. Yeah. I can be here and be able to bring hope to someone else yeah. who's far away. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh so how do you how do you find time to run the organization and also be a parent? I think you have to uh prioritize and uh, manage was the time God given to us. But also one thing I found out uh I have been really blessed with my kids when we were doing that they start being my helpers. Yeah. Editing, helping with my newsletter and stuff like that. So we divide task yeah. and how does how we do it? That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so what is the name of your organization again? So it's called Redeeming Love Ministry. Okay. Yeah, Congo. Oh nice. And so you uh you only help the kids or do you help the moms too? So when we started we we, we started because um I know the story is long but I'm going to try to condense it. Um we started with a rejected kids in the community who were like conceived from um unwanted pregnancy from yeah. the women who were raped in the war in 1998. Yeah. And so then those women were rejected in the community so shunned out from the village because they were raped then the husband will leave the women and if they had other kids previous before the rape the men will not look back for those kids either mm. and so they conceived pregnancy and the previous kids they have none of them will be looked after and then they will be pointing finger to those women who have been uh, raped So when we started helping those are the became the priority to start with. So we brought those women who were shunned in the community. We brought dresses and like clothing to them 
and also we take the kids who were rejected also in the community or who are street kids. We make a deal with them. Do you want to be with this kid? If you hold this kid in your heart, um, little heart, like little, little, home. little home, yeah. we will help you with food monthly. We'll help these kids to go to school. We'll help these kids with medical care. And also monthly we'll give you food to be able to sustain the other kids having a house. Yeah. And so that was a huge deal for them because you find finding a little salt even to put on your little vegetable is hard. is hard. Yeah. So that's how we started with uh with few women. So we every year we have added. So right now we have two hundred and sixty household uh we call it first care homes and then we have four hundred and nine students we we're taking care of and on top of that we also helping uh mal- malnourished kids because kids were dying so fast in the community because of hunger so they will be born they may have two parents but because no the lack of food many kids were like dying so fast mm. and so we start like feeding those kids also even though they have two parents so we have a feeding center mm. where we feed the kids wow Yes. That's a lot, 400 and something kids. There's a lot of kids. Yeah. So what is your biggest challenge doing this? Really, uh, raising money, I think it's been the challenge yeah. because uh, I'm not, uh, it's hard to ask for money or ask, hard to ask for help. And really for me, I lean on the Holy Spirit to help me to know how I can do it. Yeah. Because on my own, I feel like it's, I don't like going in front of people as like, hey, we need help. If you don't help us, this kid's going to die. Even though it's true, but it's really hard thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's my challenge. Um, so how many years has Redeeming Love been going then? Uh, since we started me and the, the kids 2010, but uh, officially we started 2012. Okay. As a non-profit. So unofficially, a decade. <laughs> yes. Nice. Wow. So what is your biggest dream for the children and the mothers you take care of in this ministry? Like, what would you want to see happen so for them in, in a, like, in the, the big picture? The huge picture I have in, in mind for them to find out who they are in Christ and and step in on the position uh of what Christ created them to be. Because I think being a victim or feeling like you you don't belong is the most uh, killing of dreams ever you, any human being can have. Because um, these women feel like, many, many times they feel like they don't belong. Mm. I, I'm not human enough. Can I even share? I remember for... As when we went there was some missionary, and the women wanted to hug uh, the the ladies who I came with wanted to hug are uh, hugging these people, and they will froze. Is she really hugging me? Well, because they feel like you don't. I can you cannot touch me. Can you touch a person like me? I want them to know they are loved, they are uh, created in God's image, and also. Uh, belong to as a child of God. Yeah. And for the kids, I want them to step in as leaders and build their own community instead of instead of looking 
outside for help. For help, they mm. can create something that is sustaining. Uh, they can sustain them for future and build this, uh, the whole community. Mm. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so what advice would you give to as a mom, a single mom out there struggling, and you know, you a single mom, you've been doing it for a long time, and twelve years. Yeah. And so there's somebody that just started it, you know, and they're just like, don't know what else to do. I see them all the time at the court, and uh, it's, they're so confused, they don't know what else to do, what what advice would you give them? I think the uh, number one uh, thing, like Sin said, don't give up, you're still breathing, you're still there, that means you still have... You God still knows you. He knows you, and he he cares so much for you. And second thing, kids grows up. You waking up in the middle of the night is going to end up soon, and you being to send your kids to go and get you something and bringing you something. So don't give up. Kids grows up, and you will live again, and you'll be able to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But also, the as me for being a believer. Lean on Christ. He really does come to our rescue. Yeah. He can hold you tight. And other thing I can say is like, don't don't go up and down on men because men will not complete you. God is the only one who can complete you. Yeah. Because the more you go out with tons of guys, I know um, you'll think that way you're going to find a little fulfillment of her love or feeling like you belong. But it's going to bring more hearts. Yeah. Be patient and trust in God, and He'll give you the desire of your heart. Yeah, that's a good advice. You know, like when you started to say that, you, like when you, when your husband passed, and you, you, the first thing you you made clear to your kids that they don't, they, it doesn't mean their dad is dead. Uh, the, that they still have a father who is bigger than their own father that will take care of them, yes. and just having that. Uh, mentality uh, is straight uh, put in, in your children's life is very, very important so they don't feel that, no, man, my dad is gone now, I don't have anybody else. But knowing that God is there for them is such a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you can pray to him and you can talk to him just like your dad. Yes. And he will answer and provide everything you want. You know, so uh, for somebody who doesn't know Jesus or somebody who doesn't, is not, doesn't know anything about it, into religion, mm-hmm. what would you tell? Advice? Can you tell somebody like that that don't even think that's even possible to that there's a God in heaven that they can care for you as a husband? Yeah, it may seems to be hard to believe, or to, because you never been introduced to to that big old God. You think it's in the sky, yeah. and who don't care because things happen to you. And many, I think, people blame God for what the hardship they go through, and they say, God, if God was real. Why these things happen to yeah. me? But forgetting that we still live in a world that is full of distraction and hardship. Uh, for the one who don't know God, um, don't complain. Look things around you and see something to find joy in. Hmm. Don't dwell on things you can't solve because the more you think about it, the more it depress you. The more you get sad, the more you get sad. Find something you'd really enjoy. And don't dwell on the things that you can solve. Yeah. And I can see that being a huge thing because 
you want to you want your kids to be happy. Yes. You know, you want them to just have a normal life. Mm-hmm. How did you balance that? Like when all this, when your husband was, you know, passed, and now he had to. I know my kids have to understand that we'll be okay. How did you make them understand? I think the hard, uh, the hard things we do as parents, we think our kids are so small or stupid that they can't understand the situation. Mm. Conversation on table, on dinner table, say, this is the situation that we are in. We are not poor. We are not hopeless. You have two legs. You have two, two arms. You have a brain, meaning you are a very, very rich person. Is how you use your time is what matters. And so we make everyone feel responsible, not unable, because um, my dad died. I can't do this. I can't go to the sport. So make it clear, okay, I can't work night shift and pick you up for the sports. And you don't make me guilty that you didn't go to sports because uh, you have only one parent. Let's do what we can. Can we manage that? So make them part of the conversation. Don't make them like unable to understand what you are going through or what you are happening. Let them pray with you. Let them talk to you and let them solve problems together as as family. Don't try to make them like she's too young. She can't understand that. Yeah. And don't make them victim. Yeah. So, and what, what, what do you do, like, as a parent when they start getting rude, you know, as teenage? You know, they don't want to listen. They look at you like, uh, what, what is this lady going to tell us now? My dad is not here in a way. Yeah, I, that's the hard one. Because I think every parent, nobody can say, oh, I had perfect kids. Yeah. They all grow up angel. No, they still have those <laughs> moments of rebellious. Yeah. As an African mom, I used my weapon. And I'm like, just I'm going to put you in a closet for two hours, or you're not going to do this. Yeah. And uh, or you're going to have my mom, you know. But uh, the rebellious things happen. I remember uh, when my kids will, before my, after my husband died, I remember them writing a little contract, a little paper. They said, Mom, if we ever do this, you have a permission to do this. And that little contract they signed for me before, like literally the, my husband died today, the next day they have that contract with me. I didn't ask them to do that. Oh, if we ever do things like this, if we rebel and not listening and not following and not doing these supposed things we're supposed to do, you have the right to do this. Oh. You have the right. <laughs> so, and so I used to wave that little things in their faces. You gave me permission. It's not because you are 17. Now you can talk to me like that. Yeah. We don't talk this kind of language in our house. If you are, feel like you've grown enough and you can live on your own, pack your stuff, leave my house. <laughs> and they will say, oh, I'm sorry, mom, later on. Yeah. So we all go through that, but if they, they know what kind of person you are. Yeah. And they, they know your boundaries because you set them. Like, yeah. this is the line and you don't cross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah that's healthy as you grow, become an adult because you realize other people have boundaries too and you should have boundaries. Yes. So. And even in school as young kids, even the one in kindergarten, they know what they don't do in the classroom. Yeah. Why in a house we have to give them a freedom? Yeah. You do this, this is the consequence for doing this. Yeah. And so that really helped me a lot. That's so cool. 
you know, I just hope that uh, that helps somebody out there, my mom that's dealing with this, and military families that lost their their yeah. uh, soldiers somewhere, and their single moms now, or just other things, you know. There's a lot of things that cause people to be single moms, and no matter what it is, I think this is a good advice from you. You've raised six. Kids. Six, and then I adopted one who just wow. from high school by yourself. Yes, and so it's it's doable, and you know, as much as, as it sounds really like impossible, I guess it's impossible. You a testimony to that. Thank you. Yeah. But other thing that I found out is many people we do so much, we become proud. We can't accept help from other people. Yeah, and we end up being burdened so heavy like do you need help yes please come on over help me to do this and you need to also believe and trust the people god put in your life maybe for that short season to help you to get in play and 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 be from a to b and maybe short maybe it's for a long time and i found out proud life like proud heart people yeah you feel like you can't accept help help from other person i'm self-sufficient person i don't need your help i can do this on my own i can and then you found like you're burning out and i think that's number one god taught me taught how do you say it yeah taught me yeah to not be proud for because i used to say ah i can work night shift and they work day shift and i and, can do it all and pick my keys and do this and then i'll have only one or 30 minutes to sleep and I found like I was like dizzy and living on on coffee, and that was not okay. Yeah. And so when I started accepting help, and literally God used uh, many people to come to just sit down and do homework with my kids. Yeah. Or to just sit down or just go pick my kids from sports. So many many people were involved. I can't say I did it on my own. Yeah. Many people were really involved in it. Yeah. So, so it's very important to open up and allow people to help instead of thinking that you got it. I, I got this. I can do it. You know, nobody has that energy to do all, <laughs> to do it to do it all. You know, I think, but like you're saying, like people get burnt out, and that's when you you know you get angry or you know you beat up some kid and then abusive. social services <laughs> become abusive yeah. and then if your words sometimes I work also in mental health and we don't know how many how much the words we say in anger also destroy the mental health of that person yeah. you're speaking to you may say I did not physically hit them yeah. but the way you said them or the way you at that time because of fatigue or because or of anger. things going through you end up dumping something that you can't really take away yeah. uh, from someone, and that's really, really hard. Yeah, that's a good advice, you know. And yeah, I've seen people's children get taken away. Uh, yeah, single moms sometimes. Sometimes it's two parents, but you know, and it's just so sad to see them, you know, crying and stuff. Mm-hmm. But. You know, they, they 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 can blame the other person that left them, or they can blame society, they can blame other people. But ultimately, you have you you have control over your life and how you're gonna raise your children. So that's really cool. Yeah. Right, that, that that was really cool, Julie. And uh, I just hope that this helps uh, a lot of people out there. And uh, what else would you like to tell people about 
what is your like need right now for this organization that if somebody is listening out there and felt got touched by God or just feel like I need to help these children that been a yeah like you said this being rejected like I don't know how that feels yeah. or like like nobody wants you in 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 the community I don't know how that feels yeah. so um right now the huge need we have is really uh having meal for christmas hot meal for christmas this year because um i was in congo last september and many people come and they eating in shift so if you fed one kid today it's not just the kids we support the people we support even the one who have two two parents they all not eating daily some I, who ha- who ate today will not eat tomorrow yeah And so for us, I was like, we have been trying to raise money to support the kids, not just the kids, also the community. Uh, last July, we raised enough money to support over 1,600 households. Wow. And it was like a man of coming from heaven, the community. And the cool thing about it, we shared about the love of God is not just giving them Feed food them. Yeah. but we also introduce Jesus in their lives because yeah. only God can do that and only God has been able to be able to give us that money to be able to give to the community so my biggest need is i want a sweater for a kid a sweater be, a little sweater to be warm on yeah. christmas and i want a little just a meal for family yeah. on Christmas. So, um if somebody's listening out there and wanted to help how how do they get hold of you? Is a your website or So, yes. somewhere they can contact you. Yes, please. We have uh, our website is r l m dr congo. Uh can you say it again? r l m congo.net. And uh, and you can also um oh, if I have it called uh net. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh if you wanted to support or if you feel like you needed to help the Sabadiski people, they have a website is uh R as in Robert, uh L as in Larry, M as in Mary, Congo, C O N G O dot net. Yeah, so the website is rlmkonga.net. So if you if you listen to this and uh, you feel like this is something you've been wanting to do, please uh you can go onto the website and check it out and see if it's something you can help and support these kids and maybe provide some Christmas for them this season. And uh it'll be a really good blessing for them. And so, thank you so much Julie for sharing a little story of you. we have to do this again because we have I had a lot of questions but I wanted to make it a little shorter <laughs> thank you so much thank yeah. you sister Amanda and thank you yeah brother Julius thank you so much and uh, we'll send this out there and see what God does amen amen thank you for having me thank you yes. bye bye America we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.